0: Hey friends, this is Michael McIntyre. I wanted to have a quick announcement right before this amazing podcast. Listen, we got exciting news. We're going to start this next level experience on October 14th, 15th, and 16th, right here in Dallas, Texas. It starts at 2.30 p.m. on Friday, October 14th, and goes to about 9.30 p.m. Friday night. Saturday morning around 7.30 or 8 o'clock in the morning, and goes into about 9.30 Saturday night. And then Sunday morning, it starts at 8 o'clock and goes to about 9.30 to 10 o'clock. Sunday night. You get to be it all three days. Each day builds on the next. Look, this is for people whose lives are working. It's transformational. It's experiential learning. You get to experience these things. Kind of like when you learn how to ride a bike or drive a car. You got to experience it. Look, this is not a hospital or a fix you program. This is to take you to the next level, accelerate you out in whatever it is that you're looking for, whether it's your relational, financial, spiritual or physical into holistic approach. My wife and I have been doing this for a long time, and it's really great. It's intense. It's fun. It's beautiful. It's Holy Spirit. So come join us. Just go to the website at themichaelmcintyre.com and apply. There's no cost up front. At the end, if you felt it was worth something, you can pay it forward, whatever you think it's worth between you and the Lord. So go check it out at themichaelmcintyre.com. It's next level, baby. Are you ready to take it out? I think you are. Thank you for listening and enjoy this podcast. Welcome to McIntyre's Next Level Podcast, a place for entrepreneurs, leaders, and dreamers to awaken and be activated to their full potential. Are you ready to get out of the boat and experience your next level? Here's your host, Michael McIntyre. Welcome, everybody. Michael McIntyre here, your humble host. Here at the Next Level Podcast, here at McIntyre, right here live in Studio M here in Big Dallas, Texas, and listen, we got an amazing Holy Spirit, Jesus loving, political driving sister here and uh, in studio. And I don't know if all those adjectives fit perfectly or not, but I think some of them did. And we're excited about this. I I met you in uh, Dallas uh, last month, I think it was. You came in through Next Level Experience and. You rock the world, baby. I mean, you are a firecracker in his kingdom. And so I knew right away, I said, wow, I've got to get this girl on here. And uh, yeah, and so here you are on on McIntyre Next Level Podcast, and uh, we're so excited. So uh, audience, listen to this. You're going to be in for a treat today. And uh, yeah, the Holy Spirit brought you in here. So my pleasure to introduce Jessica Clark. Jessica, what's up?
1: Good morning. What's going on? I'm so glad to be here.
0: Yeah. So tell tell our audience, tell our listeners out here, uh, where are you at and where are you from? Give a brief background. I know you've got you've got a huge background and we're gonna dive into some of that this morning. And uh and and it's really uh it's very inspired. You have a lot of inspirational things. And so I've got about a million and five hundred thousand questions, but I know we only have time for maybe six. Um uh, but give us a brief background where you're at where you're raised uh your 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 church background i know you had a very difficult situation in a marriage uh so kind of give us the you know the 10,000 foot view of jessica clark cuz listen li- listener this is this is really this is some good stuff this is this is uh jesus uh really working in somebody's life that is really impressive and so so go ahead jessica let her rip.
1: Yeah. So Jessica Clark, I was born and raised in St. Louis city. I still live in the metro area. I live out in the suburbs now, but you can't take the city out of me. Um, I I love it. Yeah. I'm a mom. I'm a mom of two daughters who are incredible. Um, yeah, I, I have a very interesting story and interesting walk with God, interesting relationship. Um, so we we kind of talked about this, but I grew up in the inner city um, with my great grandparents because my mother spent 17 years in prison and my father 10 years in and out of prison. Um, yeah, things were very, very interesting. My grandparents did the best that they could to make sure that we, you know, those, those three kids that they were raising stayed alive. So yeah. um, a little bit of trauma, some abuse in-house because of course, you know, when when children are traumatized, they end up traumatizing other other children. So that's that's what we were dealing with. But I ended up becoming a mom at seventeen wow. and trying to figure out how to make that all work. And I will say God knew what he was doing in that because I was talking to my daughter the other day, like we grew up together. Like we, we... Totally. And if I had not become a mom, I would not be the woman that I am today. So God has this crazy way of really building us with pieces that the society may not think fit together, but now it's like, oh, that was perfect. I couldn't have done that myself <laughs> uh, so yeah I mean I was I've, I've been married, my marriage was actually so my daughter is a product of an abusive relationship that was fifteen that was the foundation, and that part was crazy because being that young, I was in a church, I was in a Lutheran church, playing the piano, but there was a lot of scandals a lot of Trust broken with people in the church at a very young age. So I built this identity around, um, you know, not really having that self worth. I'm this young, insecure mom. I'm in the church. I'm being taken advantage of. All these different things. But ended up getting married. My marriage was pretty good, but it was tough because my my husband got cancer. We had to mm. start all over. Uh, you know, so I went from being a as a as a teen mom to a wealthy married woman and It was just very, very chaotic trying to build this life, trying to do what I thought was right, but not really having anybody to reinforce that idea or saying, yes, this is right. And having doors seemingly slamming in my face, Um, got back into the church, trust broken again. I tried to start a ministry. It was called New Women in Christ, because for me, it was like, you know, I want to talk about Rebuilding yourself after all that abuse, after, you know, not really having someone to say, this is the way you should be a woman. This is how society should go. Um, But my trust was broken again in the church. And so um, I ended up separating from my husband, you know, trying to start over doing a semi good job at rebuilding my life. But there was pieces missing. Um, Yeah. So. Long story short, I've made this complete turnaround in my mindset. Um, God has given me just enough to say I'm doing good, but then he's like, okay, but you haven't given me enough credit, so you got to come back and now we're going to do it better. So it's just, it's been a lot of abuse, a lot of closed doors, a lot of breaking down and rebuilding and all of that. And I'm just now understanding that God does that to prepare me for something else that I, I I can't understand, you know, there, there are moments where I'm like, I don't know why I'm not falling apart right now. Even today, I'm like, I don't know how I got up today after the beating I took yesterday and understand how I can sit here the way that I do. So I'm like, okay, God, like I'm either a maniac or you got something going.
0: <laughs> I love it. I love it, Jessica. I love it. Uh, I know some of this background here, so I want to kind of update our audience and so they can be part of this because it's really important. Okay. So you're, you know, uh, you're a black woman in St. Louis and you're, you know, you get married and you have, well, you have this baby very young, right? You get, you get married and uh, you're in an abusive relationship for a while. Yes.
1: So my, I was in an abusive relationship before I met my husband. So I met my daughter's father when I was 15. The power dynamic was crazy. He was 21. So I'm 15, he's 21. That's all kind of messed up. Um, And so I, I got out of that relationship after a really bad event. So he invited, he used to stalk me, abuse me, all that, invited me to this hotel room. I fell for it, but he locked me in there and he just beat the crap out of me for several days in front of my daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was, that was the final straw for me. So I, I got out of that and a, about a year after that, I met my husband, Wow. He was he. He is. I was. A, he is an amazing person. He just lost pieces of himself, but he did. He helped me love myself. He loved me right where I was, and so we we got married, um, went through the cancer and everything, had my second daughter. Um, so that was that wow. was a big part of my healing.
0: Okay, so uh, yes, and well, thank you for sharing that with us, and that's really important. I, uh, you know, and the reason we're on here today, and I just want to, you know, Becky. Uh, Leathers brought you in, I think, to Carolyn, and Carolyn's a big advocate of yours. And so I got, <laughs> I love it because I, I just love the NLE community. It's really cool. And and so Carolyn sent over some things and said, you know, here's some really interesting things about Jessica. And that forgiveness that you gave that man was, that was, uh, that was Jesus. Yes. And, you know, and you're, and I understand that your mother, it was even really upset and Called out for some action too, and you stopped that. Yes,
1: yes. So the the ordeal, the whole hotel ordeal. When I got, when he finally just snapped out of whatever psychosis he was in, and allowed me and my my daughter was there, and so you know he allowed us to leave. I get home, and I'm telling, but when I got home, my family. You know, it's some. Sometimes we get on this high horse, and it's, it's really easy to judge people and say, you know, it was it was on me. Like this is your fault. You should not allow him to do this. And so in my fear, you know, I, I consumed all that. But my mother, my mother who was in prison at the time just so happened to call she calls maybe twice a month max she called the moment i walked in the door my grandmother told her what happened and within four and a half five hours there was this tiny white dude at my door with these other two big white guys with guns saying just oh tell me gosh. tell me what he is i couldn't do it because even though this man hurt me and even though i was only 18 i had gotten to the point where i would listened to his story so much He lost a child when he was 16. His parents were abusive, lots of drugs, lots of neglect. You're grieving. You're loving me the way that you were taught how to love other people. So I had a a tremendous amount of empathy. And I knew that he was a product of his environment. I knew I had to set those boundaries, but I didn't hate him. And so, you know, I I told him that they couldn't. I wasn't going to give them his location. And, you know, even to this day, you know, he doesn't do anything for my daughter. But my requirement of him, call me and let me know you're alive. That's that's it. I know who you are. You've always been this person. I don't expect you to be anything else. But as a human, I understand your struggle. Just let me know you're OK.
0: You know what I love about that, Jessica? And this is, you know, every now and then we get some platinum nuggets on here, which I love. And I just want to make it a platinum nugget alert here. You know what you're saying Two two things. Number one is, first of all, you forgave him. That's And that was for you, not for him. Uh, because otherwise we get, we stay in our mire and our sickness and our, and our, uh, victimization, which you stepped out of, which you're you're so cool. Uh, secondly, uh, is that you didn't have any unrealistic expectations of him and you weren't in some fantasy drama and a world that like, oh, I can fix him. I can change him. No, you knew who he was. And you, and I love it that you say, listen, I don't want you in my life, but just let me know you're alive every now and then. And cause you have no, cause you have realistic, you know, expectations of him. They're not unrealistic. And so often, even in healthy relationships, even in marriages, sometimes the wife or the husband has unrealistic expectations of each other, which that causes problems. So what you did is amazing. I mean, you know, that's, crazy holy spirit and you know you've got a huge anointing on your life and so uh, i wanted to pivot here just a bit because i want to talk about what's going on you've got a radio show or you started a radio show at some point
1: yeah so i i do have a local radio show here in st louis on a new conservative talk radio station um uh, yes we just hit uh one year about a week ago and yeah it's It's been incredible. And so (laughs) to even say I have a conservative talk radio station as being a formal, being on the other side of the political aisle not too long ago. And, you know, the the truth really does set you free. Like, you really does. And once you hear it, it's like somebody else has to hear this too. Like, like,
0: I know, I know. And, you know, and I I just, you're just so wise. All right, go ahead. I want to hear about this talk show because I think it's really, really cool. And, uh, I want to know what motivated you into this. And I know Candace Owens came in there somewhere, in, uh, somehow. And so I don't know the whole background, but I want to hear it like with the rest of my listeners.
1: So I was, I was very radical on the other side. Like, I mean, I I mean, I drank the Kool-Aid. You want, to get, you want to get Black people sucked in, put, the, put whatever it is in the Kool-Aid. And I drank the Kool-Aid. And so, I mean, I would go to work, and I would be late for work, and I would do the bare minimum. And I knew I could call my boss racist and she would like back off. So, I mean, I was there. I was that woman. And so my partner and I, you know, we were talking about moving in together. I would hang out at the house a lot and he would bring up Donald Trump and I would roll my eyes. I would go, don't talk to me about him. He's racist. Did you hear what he said? Not even, I didn't even hear what he said. So I He was very, very smooth about it. He didn't push the issue, but he would turn on The Apprentice. And I would watch it and I would think, man, he's kind of witty. He's kind of brilliant. But then I would be like, no, I can't think that he's a racist. Like, he's a racist. Like, I cannot like this man, but, you know, chip by chip. And he would turn on these videos because I like to, I like like body language and how people interact. And so he would have this video of people breaking down his power plays and how he interacts and his confidence. And I was like, this man is brilliant. But then you get this cognitive dissonance. I have to decide. He's either a raging racist or he's brilliant. I, either, I love him. So I'm like, okay, let me play with the idea that he's not everything that they told me. And once I started digging, I'm like, they lied to me. And if they lied to me about this, what else did they lie about? And then I started thinking about just different systems that I've always questioned, like the welfare system. When I was a 17-year-old mom, single mom, they gave me everything I wanted. When I was a 22-year-old married woman with a husband who's literally dying and we can't pay the bills, you didn't want to give me anything. So I knew there were systems that were harmful, but I just assumed that had to be on the other side. That had to belong to the races. You can't build something that directly harms a community mm-hmm. and not be racist. It has to be the conservatives and the Republicans. So I started... It's the- I just opened my eyes and then I read Candace Owens' book and she gave me that language. And I man you thought I saw the Lord because <laughs> I could. I, why? Why doesn't everybody know about this? This is crazy. You are literally manipulating an entire community. We're pressing ourselves by you know voting for these people. So I just I, I, caught, I caught on fire and I'm like, everybody has to know and I don't care. I don't I don't care.
0: I love it. I love it. Well, what I love that you did is you got your eyes open, you got the scales fell from your eyes. And, you know, listen, you know, one of the things and what you just said, another platinum thing, you're so amazing, Jessica. And so, you know, you know, when you were 17 and had children, the government gave you what you needed, right? Then you get married, the government took everything away. The government wants to be your father and your husband. And that's, that's where, that's what, you know, that's, that's, so not biblical right the only you know and and they want you to be dependent on the government they want you to be coming into this this way of dependency on them because that gives them power and control so what you say was so profound because it's so true you know here you get married and you've got this man and you're trying to make your life happen and then no support no help no nothing and then he's got cancer and you're trying to pay your bills and you're trying to do this and you get left high and dry and, you know, it's not that everybody wants help. They just want to leg up. They just want to be, you know, hey, you know, t- you know the old adage, right? You know, teach somebody to fish, right? It's okay if they're starving to death. You got to give them some fish. I'm all about that. Let them eat. Right. But then teach them how to go out there and fish and go out there and support themselves. And because that's the way, you know, that's the biblical way, you know, to go out there and help. You know, we do help each other out. And like I, I know I was talking, I was reading the Robert Morris book on The Blessed Life. I don't know if you read it or not, but it's fascinating because he talks about, you know, the church is where the church is where the charity should begin. You know, uh, our church should help support people. Uh, you know, at our church, you know, there's love offerings all the time for people who may be mortgaged behind a mortgage or car, or electricity, be due to circumstances beyond their control, not that their head stuck in a bottle or that they're having, you know, they're addicted to crack, but they just had systems that overtook them. And so as a church, we come together and we know those people, we know how to help those people because we live with them, we work with them, we worship with them. And we can help them in that instead of having the government come in there and get us addicted to that system. So I love that. I love that you've seen that. So, all right. So what prompted you to start this radio show, Jessica?
1: So it was Carolyn. Uh, I was having we were having dinner with her, I think maybe for the first time. And I was just I'm until I was high. I was high on conservatism at that point. It was like I got my first hit. and I'm, So it's- I was about it. And she's like, you know, people need to hear this. You should you should start a podcast about it. Because I'd already had a podcast called um, Thriving in Relationships After Abuse. So talking about how we, you know, main, as the as women, how we kind of check ourselves at the door and understand, you know, it's nobody else's problem to deal with that we have to deal with ourselves. So she's like, just, just think about it. I'm like, okay. So I did a couple of episodes and then she calls uh, a couple of weeks later and she's like, my son knows this lady who's starting this thing. I know you've never been on radio, but. Just send me everything you got. I'll send it to her. The next day, I get a call from the owner of the radio show. Uh, wow. He's like, "I'll give you two shows. You, I'll give you two shows. You can have the conservative talk all week and then you do your your relationship one on the weekend."
0: I love yes. it. So, did so so? I mean, you're a great speaker. So you just went into this thing, and so so. What? Do you, how long does your show last? An hour. Oh, uh,
1: no, hour? Yeah, it's yes, yeah, an hour. On the okay. weekend, I only have one show on the weekend because I had to um, kind of cut down my hours while I was campaigning for school board.
0: Yeah, that's my next thing. Yes, yeah. In your spare time. <laughs> all right. So, so you campaign. So, all right. You're in this community, Rockwood, or some community there in Missouri. Yes. Yes. Okay. And so, tell me about the community. Is it a red district, a blue district? Is it liberal, conservative, to church? What is it?
1: So the district and the community is red, but as we know, the educational system is blue as you can be. Yeah. Um, but yes, the community is red, and that's why I sit on the board right now.
0: All right. So why did you decide to run for school uh, to be on the board?
1: Um. So originally, so being new to new to this side of the aisle and politics, new to everything, um, Rockwood had an issue where an uh, email went out and it was basically saying, hide things. Parents are complaining about what we're teaching. Don't stop teaching it. Just take it out and don't let them see it. So there was a huge- with oh <laughs> District community. And uh, we were going through COVID. And of course, we're starting to hear what's happening in the classroom. And we're like, wait a minute. Like, why are we talking about oppressors? Why are we talking bad about white people? Why are we calling black people victims? Why are we asking about pronouns? So there was a lot of things that happened. And I was, I'm telling you, I was so fired up. I'm just like, we have to do something. So I joined this organization, um, this local nonprofit. I mean, I, but I tell you, God, like, opened doors to me. Like, I just walk in a room and have a position. So I went to, like, this meeting for this nonprofit and ended up being the spokesperson. Like, I I'm, I mean, I literally just moved to this district. I don't know anybody. And ended up being a spokesperson. But we traveled around the state talking about critical race theory and how harmful it was. Um, Yeah, and so I know how ruthless the other side can be. And I also know how you have to have a thick skin to survive a campaign to actually stand up and do what you need to do that's what I was that's what I was made for. I was made for that.
0: I love this and all right so uh, so you put your name on the ballot or you know you went through the procedure and you figured this out and so you start campaigning. Uh, did the hate mail hate mail begin or did it wait until after you are elected?
1: No the moment I put my name on the ballot the very same day, I got an email from OnlyFans and thank you for joining OnlyFans. I said, Here come the smear campaign. So you mean to tell me I walked into the school district, put my name on the ballot, and went home and signed up for OnlyFans? That's that's what you think we do? Yes. Tell, tell,
0: tell the audience who that is.
1: OnlyFans. So OnlyFans is a like a platform where ladies take their clothes off for money. And so they it's like that. That that is the logical thing to do after you sign up for a school oh board. Oh my camp.
0: gosh! Oh my gosh! It's crazy. All right, so you, you start running your campaign, and did you, were you unopposed? What, how do, how how many people sit on the board? And was it, this was in your district? Tell tell give us some give us some background on this.
1: Yes. So the the scale of the district, there are over eighty seven thousand voters. So it's the biggest running for like a senate seat. So there were two seats open. There were five people running. Two of them were endorsed by the NEA, which is the the teacher's union. And then the other, the other two of us were conservative. And this guy, the other guy, I think that he was an NEA plant. He comes in and runs as a conservative to split the vote every year, never campaigns or anything like that. So right. I was always the underdog, um, young, you know, no formal education, no degrees, none of all the stuff that they, you know, wave around as if that is invaluable. So, they were attacking me hard. They were attacking my personal life. They were attacking everything. Um, and the, the crazy thing about my campaign is that I never denied any of it. I said, you know, I'm good with who I am. Come on. I was definitely- Telling me something about, I was there. I witnessed that. I did that, and I'm good with who I am. I'm good with the evolution of myself. You can't harm me with my past. I knew what I was getting into when I put myself here. And they didn't expect that. They thought they can call me a few little words and I was going to run home. I was like, I had a man drag me down the street by my hair. You can call me whatever you want. I'm here. I love it. I
0: yeah, love it. it
1: was- Brutal. It was
0: brutal. Oh, I can't imagine. I can't even imagine. Okay, so you get elected, right? You're in there, right? And then uh, you're doing some th- things, and all of a sudden, uh, the St. Louis Dispatch kind of twitched some words around on you.
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So um, last week we just celebrated the one year anniversary of the radio station. Um, I had taken I had taken the summer off because it was. I mean, it hasn't stopped. Like these people haven't stopped attacking me. So I'm like, I want to enjoy my summer. I'm a, I'm not going to post about my show or anything like that um before that there was a controversy about a word i used i took it off my show because i'm like okay fine you're freaking out about it and so last week i'm going through i'm going through and telling people what happened let me tell you what has happened over the last few months of me being elected my message was really about don't back down they're gonna call you all these things they call me a white supremacist and i'm not even white (laughs) you know Okay, I've been called homophobic, transphobic. I've been called an ableist. And I explained all of that. So this is me recounting the story. And they lost their mind because how dare you say it again? And we already threatened you once. We already tried to put you on your place. and You got to come back and do it again. Mm. They lost their mind. They sent the video to to the media. And this is how crazy these people are because the video was live streamed from the radio station's owner's personal page. So I'm like, you people are like vegans who go into a chicken place and complain. <laughs>
0: I love it. Uh, that's awesome. That's so awesome. Well, I know I, I know Carolyn and her husband went to the last meeting and she's such a big uh, supporter of you and she's your advocate and she loves you and and uh I just I just love the way you're stepping into the authority and the power. And you know, it's Philippians four thirteen, right? I can do all things to uh Christ who strengthens me. Yes.
1: My, that is mine. That was the one that I used in my New Women in Christ ministry. That's mine.
0: Come on, sister. I love that. I love that. You know, you just, I, you know, I remember, and I, I want to ask you this you know, too, and and share with our audience. And, you know, a lot of them have gone to NLE. A lot of them haven't uh, and uh, many hundreds of thousands haven't. Uh, and we've got listeners all over the the globe. Praise God. Uh,
1: and,
0: you know, cause I didn't know you before. I didn't know, you, I, I never met you or anything, but you came in the next level experience. How was that? How was that for you stepping into that place Uh, And, you know, without going into detail and revealing everything, but just kind of tell us what what NLE was for you, Jessica, and how that uh, helped you in this process.
1: So let me let the audience know this is not to toot Michael's horn, okay? But NLE was literally one of the best things I've ever done in my life really like ne- we talk about next level i mean i walked in like i've been taking it feels like i've been taking beats my whole life <laughs> this last two years have been incredibly challenging and i found myself like stuffing my feelings numbing all that i walked in that door completely numb like i as a person who loves people i want to connect i want to love i don't want to talk to anybody i don't wanna do anything like i just i'm just here you know somebody said this is gonna be good whatever fine like I have nothing to lose at this point because I feel like I was losing it all. I didn't feel like myself. Um, I felt like I had nothing to give to anybody. And as a person who loves to pour that's a dangerous place to be. I walked in that door broken. (laughs) The the only thing I can say is that God moved in that place. Mm. God healed my heart in a way that only he can and he said that to me it's like that's cute Jess I saw you like I see you trying to take credit for my work I see you thinking I see you think you could do this by yourself but you cannot and you want to go to the next level and it's in you and you feel it and you feel it and you feel like you've been carrying this baby for two years but you can't do it without me only I can heal your heart nobody else can do that I left that place renewed. My spirit, my heart was full. I mean, even he allowed me to pour into other people, which like, it was just like coming out. And it's just like, okay, guy, okay, okay. Whatever you want me to do. Listen, when I talk about total surrender, total surrender. So I was, again, again, it's not to toot your horn, but I was reading your book. <laughs> and there was a part that talked about the, the devil, the enemy saw a big fish leaving a pond. And so that's what happened when I got home. I got home and it just all, just all went crazy. And I said, okay, I see, I I, I see what's happening. I also have to laugh because I got home and took a job in insurance. So as I'm reading your book,
0: okay, okay, this this is cute. It's cute. God's giving you a little wink there, you know? Uh, uh, So I, you know, thank you, first of all, for the acknowledgement. It really, you know, and I, I, and, you know, I really felt the Holy Spirit on that. I just really almost got emotional just listening to this because this is what Stacy and I live for. Uh, we love to bring the presence in. We love to bring heaven to earth. We love to bring that in and let the Holy Spirit rock the world. And you allowed that. And I love that, you know, you know, you submitted to that process. You surrendered. You were at the point saying, hey, you know, because look, you got a life going, you know, you're, you know. You're beautiful. You've got, you know, you're smart. You've got, you know, you've got, you're you're making a living. Uh, You've got children that love you. You've got things going on and you're making a difference out there and your life's working. But you came in and feeling that, okay, I'm getting, you know, I'm numb in this factor. And you allowed your heart, you let, you let the cardiologist work on you. And I love that. And you did it. And, uh, all right. So thank you. And, uh, you were spectacular. And that's why I remember at one point in there, I think I told you, I said, I, I need, I want you on the podcast because I saw how big you are and, uh, you showed up big at next level experience. And I thank you for that because you did, and you started focusing out and look, that's what Jesus wants us to do, right? He wants us to focus out. That's why I went over there to, you know, to the leopard farm and started healing people, you know, you know, because they wouldn't let them people. well, he had to go to them. He focused out, you know? And so, yeah, it was really special. Thank you. All right. So, all right. Let's say people want to get a hold of you. Let's say people want to hear from you. They want to get on your list or whatever they want to do. How do they get a hold of you, Jessica Clark?
1: Yes. Yeah, so you can go to my website at Jessica Laurent, dot com or you can follow me on Instagram as she is Jessica Laurent.
0: I love it. That's good. That's good. And so, uh, and then is your radio show online? Can they follow it online?
1: They can. Um, I upload some podcast episodes onto Apple, Spotify, anywhere you get podcasts. Okay. Um, you search for Real Talk 93.3 and get some of the replays and things like that. So yeah, we got, we got some stuff rolling. I'm not sure what God is going to do with me, but I've surrendered, so it's going to be a surprise to me too.
0: Come on. I love that. I love that. All right. And so tell me, how old are your children? So I
1: have a 15-year-old and a 10-year-old, both girls.
0: Come on, man. Yeah. I just uh I, I've got a brand new granddaughter that came into uh existence yesterday. Thank you, Jesus. And uh I gotta tell you, it was kind of it was first time uh I, uh anyways, it was awesome. <laughs> it was really good. And uh yeah, girls, I love them. They're amazing, as you know. And so you got your hands full, got a teenager in, in there and uh yeah. That must be an experience again. Huh? Yeah. I remember my mother will always say, I hope you have one. Just someday.
1: <laughs> like I'm telling you my greatest lessons come from those girls. They reflect me. They talk like me. They, so it's like, I get to see my own flaws in them and correct myself while I'm correcting them. Like we partner in this, like it's, it's incredible.
0: Yeah. See, that's wisdom. That's wisdom. I love that. All right. Uh, so as you know, I always like to ask uh, all our guests what scripture you're sitting on or what's going on. or And uh, and also, what if interesting, if there's any books you've read lately or uh, something that really touched your heart, I'd love for you to share with the audience, Jessica.
1: Um, so again, as I'm just coming back into this, um, I downloaded a bunch of Bible apps. I'm looking for a new Bible to love on because that's very sacred for me. Um, but yes, I can do all things through Christ who strengthen me. That's always been it's like, I need that strength. I have strength tatted on my arm. It's like that, my strength, God gives me my strength so that other people can borrow from me. Um, so yeah, that's the big one. I did, I just finished your book. Um, of course, um, a lot of my books are political. So I just, I'm starting one called um, Race Marxism that just talks about the, how, how how everything's being manipulated. So that's, that's really where my head is. I was also listening to one about how to raise um, I don't know if it's empathetic humans or, but it was a parenting book on, you know, how to make sure I raise these, these good citizens that are caring and wise.
0: Well, that's awesome. Well, listen, I, I just want you to know, we want to pray uh, and and we'll pray for your ministry. We'll pray for your uh, school board uh, position. We'll pray for you to fight the good fight out there and protect these kids. And uh, yeah, you know, I think you stepping into the, stepping into this gap, stepping into the lion's den is just beautiful. And I know God's behind it and you got favor on this. And yeah, you know, uh, I always, I always tell people, and, you know, uh, a dog, a barking dog doesn't chase parked cars, right? So <laughs> I'm sure you got some dogs chasing after you, sister. That's okay. Uh, and you can do it. And I, I'm real proud of you. And I think you're amazing. And there's got to be a book coming from you at some point in your life.
1: Absolutely. That is absolutely necessary. Everybody's been saying it. So I have to figure, I I don't think that I'm a writer. I have the story. So if I get somebody to write it for me, that would be great. But it's, it's there. I mean, my life, the last month alone, I could, I could hash out the last vacation I took and that's a story. I
0: know well, yeah, I think, I think it's a, you know, whatever we get, we, you know, we need to get you a ghostwriter to help you out in this process. And just, you can tell the story and they can write this. Cause I think it's going to be a made for movie deal with, you know, a covert of Jesus in this thing, you know, and uh, you know, and I think that that's really, that's really the way we got to go in the Christian community, you know, and I know we've got some non-believers that listen to this, but I do know this, that, and you, you know, there's some Christian movies and stuff that's made out there that are subpar. Uh, and then there's some that are done really well. And I think your life story is like made for that. I mean, it really truly is. And where you're come from is and what you've accepted with, you know, and gave your life, you know, you were raised in the church, but you had, you know, you had a situation that was like crazy that you had to deal with. And the forgiveness that you gave was that's divine. I mean, it's really divine. And, uh, Listen, I'm just I'm grateful for you to be on the next level podcast. You are next level, Jessica Clark. And go, go to her website, jessica correct? Yeah. And and go to her, and we'll have it in the show notes too. And uh follow her on Instagram. And and you have a podcast going as well.
1: I do. So the Jessica Laurent Show and Thriving in Relationships After Abuse.
0: Beautiful. Great. And uh yeah, that's awesome. And uh yeah, check her out. Follow her and uh man, uh, we'll be praying for you on the school board and, uh, Hey, don't back down, you know, uh, and he's, he's on you, he's for you. And, uh, yeah, it's really, you're very inspirational, Jessica. And I just want to thank you for that. Any final thoughts or words, sister?
1: Just thank you for having me. Listen, God, God will get the glory in everything that I do. If, if he didn't realize how I was serving him then, trust everybody gonna know now.
0: Come on. I love it. I love it. Well, listen, you have a great week and, uh, And listen, uh, you're wearing the Jesus jersey, so keep on showing up big as you are. God bless you, sister, and thank you so much.
1: Bye. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Next Level Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, and share. For more resources to help you maintain
0: your next level life, join our community at themichaelmcintyre.com.